When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Hey, Money Nerds, if you have ever fallen into the trap of thinking that self-care means buying something for yourself or like that treat yourself mentality, today we're going to be talking a lot about that. I find that that treat yourself mentality is especially hard to escape here in America, but I think this is true for a lot of other countries as well. And so this is where my whole perception of self-care kind of came from. It came from burnout. And I remember at that time when I was starting to feel very burnt out, I was going to the gym I was eating as healthy as I possibly could. I was getting seven to eight hours of sleep every night, and I still had this feeling of burnout. And so, of course, I turned to Google for advice, wondering where the heck did I go wrong? And what I saw was a lot of different consumeristic forms of materialism and consumerism and self-care. I saw luxurious bubble baths with that nice book and that questionable amount of candles and ferns and like all this stuff around the tub. You know what I'm talking about? And I was looking at that. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. But that wasn't really what I wanted. And plus I can't keep plants alive longer than a week. So the, the ferns and all the candles was just not going to be my, my jam, but I did see the bath bomb and I was like, okay, look, a bath bomb, I could try this. Right. So I went to lush and I bought a $7 bath bomb that smelled a bit like heaven and kind of like cheap perfume at the same time. It's really weird. And I waited for my water to fill my very standard size bathroom tub. And you know that meme where there's the guy that's standing there with his like hands on his hips, he's like butt naked, and he's looking off to his shoulder. There's a mountain in the background and it's like Caribbean blue ocean. It's beautiful. I should say the ocean is beautiful. The naked man, whatever. But regardless, that meme, if you know what I'm talking about, that's how I felt. I'm like waiting for my water to get warm. Like, come on. And I was committed to this self-care moment and used this bath bomb that promised to turn my water blue like the Caribbean ocean. I was like, well, this, this could be a vibe, right? This could be a thing. And I remember five minutes later, I am in my lukewarm water. I have a kinked neck because standard bathtubs are just not good for this. I'm sipping a little bit of rosé and I'm thinking to myself, 
surely there has to be more to self-care than this. There's got to be more to this. And thankfully, I was right. I've since learned that we are told that self-care comes from consumerism. We just need to buy one more thing to fill a void or help us deal with a stressful moment. If we had a bad day, just go shopping and do a little bit of binging. And even if you look at the self-care industry, it's crazy. I want you to go on Amazon and just type in tray for bathtub. And what you're going to see is that the self-care market is out of control. I truly have seen pictures and I'm not even just making this up. There is a picture of a bath tray that has a good book, a martini, not one, but two cell phones, an iPad and a rubber ducky, I guess in case you get bored. I'm not really sure what the point of that is, but that is the whole messaging around the self-care industry. And here's what I think is fascinating. We often turn to self-care when we feel stressed, overwhelmed, unhappy, or as I was experiencing, burnt out. And I found this to be really interesting and started to do some more research onto the self-care industry. And what I found is a really good reframe for self-care. Self-care is not about eliminating stress. We're never going to get rid of stress altogether, but it's about finding healthier ways of managing your mind. Now think about how different that is. Instead of trying to pacify or something or fix something by just buying something to fill a void, instead, we can find healthier ways to manage our mind. So when we have those emotional things where we have a really crappy day at work, we're not immediately inclined to just go spend money and further add to our stress. And we can start to be a little bit smarter about the way we approach self-care and kind of check out of that consumeristic mindset in a lot of ways. And around the same time, I came across a TED Talk that I think is so, so good, and it was all about making stress your friend. In fact, if you go to YouTube and you type in making stress your friend, you're probably going to find this. But the key pieces that I gained from this is to reduce stress and feel happier. We need to be caring for others and be part of a community. Now, this was really interesting to me because what I was finding is that for most people, myself included, when we feel stressed or overwhelmed, that's when we most often go into isolation. Have you noticed this? We get stressed. We're like, I'm just going to go take a nap, which I respect the nap. So I am not saying do not do that. But I do think it's important to remind yourself that isolation is not going to help us necessarily. The interesting thing about isolation too, is that you can still be surrounded by people and still feel alone. Like you're carrying all of your problems on your own. And that makes me really nervous because I think it's a very distinct difference between feeling connected and feeling part of a community, even when you are stressed out and feeling like you're carrying the burden of life on your own. Okay. Now be honest with me. If you have ever had that tendency to be alone when you're stressed, raise your hand loud and proud. Me too. I think this is something that's very, very common. And it is something that even I find myself going through. And sometimes that's normal. Like sometimes you want to work through your problems on your own. You want to process your thoughts. You're not quite ready to introduce your life to other people. Like you just want to like collect your, your thoughts first. I completely understand that. But what I would encourage you to do is if you notice you have a tendency to isolate when you are stressed out or feeling burnt out or anything of that type, I would encourage you to try to find a community, try to find a couple people that you really can trust because I feel like that's the piece that so often we are missing. And the ironic thing is, is that in today's world, we have more opportunities for connection, right? We have Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, we have Facebook, we could message anybody. We have WhatsApp, we have 
chat rooms and all kinds of different things. We even have Zoom. We have so many opportunities for connection, yet we still feel more alone than ever. Three out of four Americans struggle with loneliness. And I can't help but think that it's ironic we have technology right at our fingertips and the ability to call or text or anything whenever we need, yet we still feel so alone. We keep up to date with people on social media, but we actually haven't had a conversation with them in person in years. Am I right or am I right? I mean, I know this is me too. And we might even live in the same city and it's still, it becomes harder to connect. And so I think this is fascinating because this really shows that so often the messaging and when we're feeling just like we're alone, when we feel like we need the support, the messaging is to go buy something, go do this one more thing. That current self-care message is to be alone and avoid stress. And I think this is interesting because if that's the message is to avoid stress and be alone, I think we're setting ourselves up for failure. And that's where I want to propose to you that maybe we take on a new lens. This is something I'm working on in my own life. And I find it to be really helpful because I, I do tend to be one of those people that does kind of isolate and does kind of keep to herself when I'm stressed out because mostly it's not about like, I feel like people will judge me. It's mostly because I, I sometimes feel like who cares? Like who else is going to care about my problems or my issues right now? And so I tend to just keep it inside instead of communicating with others about what I'm feeling. And so I've realized that that is not a healthy coping mechanism. And so I've been working on this too, but here's the new lens that I would propose that self-care becomes managing stress and finding real connection. And I feel like if we can adopt this new version of viewing self-care, I think it will really help. But here's the thing. None of us want to do what feels like self-care in the moment because it kind of sucks going to the gym to really take care of your body, eating the foods you know you should be eating that are healthier for you, taking you know a couple extra hours at night to get ready for bed instead of watching Netflix. Like There's so many things that are self-care. Sometimes it's working extra hours in order to better your financial life. There's so many ways that this shows up. So I would encourage you to ask yourself, like, what does true self-care look like for you? What does taking care of your needs today and tomorrow, what does that look like? And how do you apply that to your life? And most often what you will find is that those coping mechanisms, that way of coping with stress or avoiding stress by shopping, by not being alone with our thoughts, it's really impacting us in a very negative way. It's it's impacting our worldview. Sometimes it makes it harder for us to connect with others and it affects our finances in such a strong way because that is such a spending trigger for so many people. And as I researched more and more about where we go to find real connection, I started to wonder for the financial community, how does this impact the fire community? Now hear me out. This is just me kind of pontificating a little bit. But what I find is that for so many people, work can be a place where we feel connected, right? We have a common purpose. We have shared coworkers. Hopefully we get along with our coworkers, but that is where we do go for connection for so many people. And I think work is sometimes a forced way for us to cultivate those relationships. Even though like Debbie from accounting might be constantly eating your sandwiches, we still feel a little sense of connection there. And I think about this a lot too, when I think about phases of our financial lives. And so often we are in the grind phase where we're investing as much as we can. We're just trying to grow our wealth. We're working the nine to five, maybe a side hustle. And we're doing everything that we can to better our finances for the hope and chance that we can eventually retire 
or walk away from work or have the option to walk away from work. And while I think that is still a fantastic goal, what I would encourage myself and you as well listening is to think about how do you cultivate that connection when you no longer have to work. When you get to the point where you're like, okay, I can quit work. I'm going to go travel around and I'm going to go retire early. You might be light years ahead of some of your friends and your peers. And so they may not be on that same bandwidth as, as you, like they may not be able to just up and go like you, you can now. And so thinking through that portion of like, how do you still keep connected with people, whatever your situation is, even when we no longer have that forced connection through sometimes our workplace. Now, this is also true. If you have been working remotely, I noticed that when I first started my business, I was really excited. I had a normal nine to five job. I was coaching and podcasting and YouTubing and just doing all of the online things nights and weekends. And I loved it. I thought it was a ton of fun, but I was very, very connected into an entrepreneurial community. Like I had probably 15, 20 friends that were all starting businesses at the exact same time. That was kind of one of the perks of having an incubator program and being part of something like that is you have that forced connection of common beliefs and values and that kind of stuff, that shared purpose. And so it was a really exciting time in my life. And then when I finally got to the point where my business income replaced my full-time job income and I went full-time into my business, I remember very vividly feeling lost Like I remember sitting here in my home office and I'm looking around like, am I the one that calls the shots today? I know this sounds so stupid, but I was like, oh my gosh, like it's on me. I have to figure this stuff out. I have to, you know, go out there, get my own food, bring it home kind of mentality. It was really overwhelming and kind of scary. But the thing that I felt the most is that it felt so isolating It felt like I had no shared connection and I am very much a team person. I love bouncing ideas off of people. I really enjoy brainstorming. I love that stuff. But it was, it was that moment where I had to really force myself to stay connected with people because I could see how quickly it would be to isolate and just like fall into this trap where it's like, if you leave the house once or twice a week, you're doing really good. And I knew that that was not the life that I necessarily wanted to live. I wanted to feel more connected. And so any of these life changes can start to make us have to reassess the way we do things in our daily life and actively seek out community. Can I be kind of a downer for a second? We're all getting older, right? I've been having a ton of people from high school that are starting to pass away. I'm in my mid thirties. This is so sad to see. It really does break my heart, but it's been pretty frequent lately. And I can't help but think if you have a family, then you really do need to get some type of term life insurance to protect them. Seriously, it's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make. And you already know I'm a big fan of term life insurance. And I'm really excited to share Fabric by Gerber Life with you. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. You could go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash money nerds. That's meetfabric.com slash money nerds, M-E-E-T fabric.com slash money nerds. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states and prices are subject to underwriting and health questions. 
When it comes to financial advice, you've got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dive into details and help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever is in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Because you get to compare different card options and see what's going to be best for you, what could future you do with more travel rewards? Would you do a hotel upgrade? Would you do lounge access? For me personally, it's all about first class flights. I am like dying to get to that point in my life. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Obviously, use your best judgment when it comes to credit and make sure you are first and foremost responsible. But if you're getting to that next stage of your life where you are just looking to travel hack and get into some points, I think NerdWallet is such a great resource. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more at nerdwallet.com. And of course, reminder that credit is subject to lender approval in terms to apply NerdWallet Finance Smarter. So I want to get really tangible and practical with you for a second too. So I want to share some tips for building real connections. Now I'm not talking about the type of superficial connections or the ones where it's like you occasionally check in with somebody. I want to talk more about like real connection. And I think real connection starts with observing our daily habits and how we show up in a normal connection type of situation. So I think the first thing we do is start to watch your screen time. You can set rules here. You can say no phones at dinner. You can say no phones past 8 p.m. We don't have phones in the bedroom. We don't have, like actually Tony and I truly do not have a TV in our bedroom. Like we, we completely eliminated that. Where we messed up is we kept an iPad. So I still will find myself watching shows on my iPad at night, even though it's like that is our time to just like chat, joke around and catch up on our day. But no, instead I'm like, well, let me go watch the latest episode of Sweet Tooth. If, have you seen the show? Side note, it's really good. I've been enjoying it a ton. But regardless of the situation, that screen time is taking away our ability to connect with people. Now, I want you to do this too. Next time you go to a restaurant or when you're at the stoplight, look around and see how many people are on their phones. When you're at a restaurant and you see people that are on a date, but they're both on their phones, that to me is so depressing. It's such an indicator. Like secretly what we're telling somebody in that moment is you don't really matter that much to me. Your presence isn't there. Now I'm going to be clear. My love language is quality time. So I could be speaking from that lens a little bit too much. I'm not totally sure, but I do feel like as a whole, if you want real connection, you really need to monitor your screen time. I would actually go as far as recommending tracking your screen time to see how often you're on it, how many times you pick up your phone, all of that kind of stuff is really, it's kind of key because it really gives you that awareness. Almost like when you look at your, your credit card statement for the first time and see how much debt you have and you're like, Oh, that hurt. The screen time thing is exactly the same. The second way to find some real connection is to cultivate relationships. Now relationships are hard and you can't be all things to all people. So I would say you do have to be intentional about which relationships you decide to cultivate. I think that's up to you to decide which ones are worth it and which ones aren't. But a couple tips that you can do to cultivate relationships is to spend quality time with your loved ones. Again, watch your screen time. Don't be on your phone. When you're with somebody, be with somebody. Just truly being present is so key. And I think that it really does signal that you care about somebody and you actually give a crap about them. Another way of cultivating relationships is sending thoughtful cards. I think this is such an overlooked thing that is so kind. Have you ever received a random card in the mail from a friend or a family member? 
It's so nice, right? Like everybody appreciates that kind of stuff. I think the other thing you could do is calling your friends on their birthday, just sending happy birthday texts, never missing their important days as well. That's an easy thing to do with Google Calendar. I mean, shoot, you can add it on your calendar and it's always there to remind you. I also feel like it's important too when you are trying to cultivate relationships and build up a better community and you schedule, say, a happy hour date with a friend, don't cancel that. Actually show up and be excited about that. I saw this video on TikTok that I thought was so simple, but so profound. It was a lady saying that she wishes she was more like her husband. Her husband will get invited to do something. And in that exact moment, he will stop and he will say, yes, I'll go or no, I can't make it. And he makes that decision right in the moment. And then when it comes time to go to the event or the whatever it is, He's excited to go. He's not talking to himself like, oh, I shouldn't be going. I wish I was staying at home. He's not doing that. He's actually excited about going. And I heard that and I was like, damn, that is actually more profound than I expected it to be. Because how often do we think about an event and then we're like, oh, shoot, I said yes to that, but I really would prefer to be home in my pajamas, eating some popcorn, watching my show. Like sometimes we just would rather just be home and Occasionally that's okay, but I think that relationship piece of being excited about going on dates with your friends or checking in with yourself or your family or whatever the situation is, cultivating relationships does not have to be a super hard thing, but pick and choose which relationships are worth it and which ones are worth putting the energy and effort into and just make it a habit and a priority to do something for others and show them that you actually care. Now, the next tip I have for creating deeper connections is to create a no list. Now, this is different for everybody, but here's some examples of what are on my no list. Now, I'm not always perfect with this. I try my hardest, but I try not to check emails after 6 p.m. That's my time for me to shut my computer unless I'm really, really behind on work, which sometimes happens, but that's my time to shut my computer. Tony and I will try to go for a 35 to 40 minute walk. We connect. We're not on our phones. We're just hanging out, just chatting and catching up. And then we come back and we make dinner and then go to bed. Like that, that's basically it. So that's one of my no lists is I try really hard not to check emails after 6 PM. I also have committed to not hanging out with emotional vampires. Do you know what I'm talking about? Those people that just drain your energy, like you're around them and you're feeling exhausted. Those emotional vampires, I limit my time with, even if it's family, even if it's close friends, like I will intentionally limit the time that I spend with these people, because I don't walk away feeling excited and energized. I feel drained. And that is a huge indicator of, you know, something needs to change in that relationship. I also don't ignore my need to ask for help. This is something that I have struggled with for quite some time where even in the workplace, I remember when I was a baby accountant I was trying to learn all this stuff and new softwares and tax returns. And I really wanted to prove that I knew what I was doing and prove that I deserved to be there. I remember feeling like I could not ask for help. And so I would sit there and spend my wills for, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes, maybe even an hour sometimes. And then I would finally, finally just walk into my boss's office and say, Hey, I'm stuck. I'm not really sure how to how to do this. What what what's the next step? And instead of just being criticized and like made to feel like an idiot, 
my boss was really helpful. He's like, okay, well, here's what you got to do. But I started to notice that that attitude of like, I should just do this on my own. That was really ingrained in myself, in my, my deep being. And I just felt like it was something I needed to change. It wasn't serving me. And it also led into more of that, like isolation, like instead of, I should go ask for people for help, I should go, you know, connect with a friend, tell them what's going on. I would isolate instead, which is another version of not asking for help. But I do think too, especially in the U S women are conditioned in the workplace to try not to ask for help. We don't want to be a bother to people. And I feel like that can really hold you back. Okay. So you know this, I'm focusing so much on deeper connection and not spending tips and tricks and how to beat that self-care consumeristic mindset, because I feel like it really does come down to that connection piece. If you've got a good friend you can call on, you're probably more likely to go for a walk with your friend than you are to go to target, to shop around and fill a void. So this is why I'm focusing so much on that real connection piece. I would take everything I'm sharing in this episode and go apply that to your life and then couple it with some of the financial practices because that is such a key piece of self-care as well. But that connection piece is what I find is missing for so many of us. So the fourth and last way to build deeper connections and relationships is investing in events and retreats. I find that that connection piece that comes from community and community is essential for self-care, but that piece of connection of like shared value and shared, you know, commonalities that really comes from those events and retreats. And it doesn't always have to be this like massive conference, but when I started going to conferences like FinCon or retreats like Camp Fi, that was one of my faves. What I found is that there was an entire community of people that weren't exactly like me, but understood me. And that was the piece that I felt was missing. I didn't want to be around a bunch of cookie cutter people. I wanted to be around people that had interesting, unique, fun ideas and fun personalities, but could still understand my perspectives and where I was coming from. And that's something I think that if you're not finding that in your daily life, you really do have to go seek that out through things like events and retreats. I tr- I personally just make it a point to go to one to two events per year. I will say too, this could also include joining mastermind groups. So if you're working on your career and you need a little extra help, like there's so many women in business, women in tech, women in blah, blah, blah. There's so many different retreats and networks and connection pieces that you can join in on to start to feel like, okay, maybe I do have a sense of community and I do have people I can reach out to. So I do find that to be such a key piece as well. Okay. So let's wrap up this conversation with one final reminder. Self-care is about managing stress and increasing happiness. And that generally comes from community and purpose and finding that connection. So if you have enjoyed this episode, do me the biggest favor and leave a five-star review on whatever podcast player you're listening on. As a podcast host, when I see those reviews, it means so freaking much to me. It's like the greatest compliment you can give any podcaster. So if you have already done so for this show, hop over to another one of your favorite shows and make sure you leave them a review too, because it really matters a lot. It's our way of feeling connected to from behind a screen. All right. That is it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. I hope you're having a great week and I will see you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh. 